So, <clears throat> my dad, for the first time this uh, week ago, maybe, or something, passed by the peninsula on a boat. And always, all my life, my family has either had um, lakefront property or have used the marinas way over by Hamilton Branch. And so he's been out in the boat, but he hadn't made it all the way past the peninsula. So we were, as a family, riding the patio boat over to breakfast on the opposite shore. And he passed the peninsula. And I went, oh, yeah, I had already done this. And the view of the fire damage anywhere around here, to me, seems to be the worst when you pass the peninsula and Lassen comes into view. And beautiful Mount Lassen with black and brown all just below it. And my dad just went, ugh. And I know that in mere, a mere matter of years, Collins and SPI will re- be replanting tens of thousands of acres. I don't know how much SPI lost. Collins lost 40. If we assume that SPI lost about the same, they're going to be planting 80,000 acres. It's going to take them a few years. And then the other thing is that in a handful of years, even the Mount Lassen land, which will be just left there with little burnt toothpicks around, um, it will green up as well, at least on the ground. So I know it's going to look better, but um, I, and I don't know if that was one of the um, instigations of talking about Mount Lassen, <clears throat> but I've been up and down Mount Lassen, the peak, a number of times in my, in my life. And for whatever reason, whether it was that with my dad or other things, hiking Lassen Peak has come up in conversation more than once in the last couple of weeks. Uh, A couple of years ago, in the midst of a brief rest whilst climbing said peak, I calculated that it must have been at least 35 years since I had climbed that mountain. All those times I'd climbed it, I'd been a middle schooler, a high schooler, a teenager, And I just haven't been up it since. I remember people coming down as I'm climbing up, and I must have been looking pretty haggard. And they said, oh, don't worry, you're almost there. I said, I've been up this thing a dozen times, I bet. I know I'm not almost there, don't lie to me. This is not encouraging at all. And then that last stretch... Every step forward is a half step or three-quarter step backwards in this shale stuff. It's like climbing cinder cone, only it's way higher, three times higher. Um, But I use the word climb with deliberation with Matt Lassen's peak, for though it is not a very tall peak nor a very strenuous climb by mountaineering standards, it is... 2,000 feet up in 2.5 miles. That's a pretty steep ascent. And let me tell you, at my age, you really feel it. As a teenager, though, it felt, I felt it far less than I did that last time up the hill. And as proof of that, two of my children were the first in our party to get to the top. Do you remember how long it took you? How long? An hour and a half. And 35, 40 minutes later, I come staggering to the top. I said, oh, and then they went to find the little spot that's the highest. I said, oh, I'm here. I'm just going to sit down for a little bit. 
I don't need to go to the highest little spot. I'm at the peak. That's fine. As our bodies age, the ease with which we do such feats diminishes. Yes, we know of people in amazing shape that do such things like when in my early 20s, my sister and cousin and I went hiking in the mountains of Switzerland. In fact, we walked into the, I mean, I was a pretty fit guy and we'd already been walking around Europe for weeks and weeks. And I weighed a lot less than I do now. And we walk into the visitor center Not in Hospital, I can't remember, that one didn't have one, but in the next town over, when we walked to the town, it was two miles away, we walked over, went into the visitor center and said, hey, you know, can I help you? Well, you know, we'd like to do a hike, we're in the Swiss Alps. She looks at us, she says, you mean you would like to go for a walk? We're like, well, uh, okay, but we're not, you know, we're not out of shape, we're not overweight, why can't we go for a hike? And so she showed us something. She says, you should be able to manage this, right? And so we went out and we went up this mountain and the switchbacks looked very familiar to the switchbacks on Mount Lassen. And the ascent looked pretty familiar from memory, right? I mean, it was like, okay, this is uphill. I mean, steeply uphill. It was green though at the bottom, unlike Lassen. Lassen, you're just you know, above the tree line for that whole hike, pretty much. But it's kind of green and lush, and so there's a trail through bushes, and it's not a very big trail. And at some point, I don't know, I would say we were a half mile to a mile up these switchbacks. This is Switzerland. I mean, we're going up a big mountain. And we hear this, oh, oh something in, I'm trying to remember which part. Of, I think it was Italian, I think. I don't remember which part of the region for language we are in. And I didn't understand, and excuse me, excuse. And I turn around, and here's a guy, probably my age now, out for his morning run up these switchbacks. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why she said you mean a walk. Um, And so this guy is running up the hill. Yet this man was and is the exception. Yes, I know, if you guys remember that went with me on that hike up Mount Lassen, we also had a young couple in their 30s probably who ran up and down the mountain and we all just stuck our tongues out at them. But out of the hundred people or so that we saw on the trail, they were definitely the only people running. The rule is generally entropy or perhaps atrophy is a better term. Essentially, none of us, even you young ones, is getting any younger. And by the way, there is a certain age where you kind of start to do this pretty obviously. Um, As humans, physical death is still, until the end of the age and the general resurrection, a part of our life. Our spiritual life, however, works differently. And we need to keep this in mind. We started the Christian life as babes, reborn by the Spirit of God in our baptism, just as we came from our mother's wombs in our physical birth. The spiritual reality, however, is that we can grow and become stronger and stronger the longer we live, unlike the physical realities where we become stronger and stronger and stronger and then weaker and weaker and, right? That's the reality of physical, but the spiritual reality is different. We can always grow more strong 
in the Spirit of God and in our spiritual lives. Let's note a few things from our lessons today and about this spiritual life we are called to live and grow in. I want to look particularly at two phrases in our epistle, starting at the second part of verse 13. If then, excuse me, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many, of, as, many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There is a never-ending discussion about how we most effectively grow in our spiritual lives. But the reality of working with the Holy Spirit is definitely, is definitely an important part of that discussion. If we put to death the deeds of the body, in other words, if we purge our hearts of sin, if we kill the old man, to use St. Paul's phrase, if we effectively stop the choices we make based on our appetites and our passions, if we do this, then we will live. The Christian life is about purgation of sin and a sanctification of our souls and bodies. Even though our bodies are dying, atrophying, it is a sanctification of what we do with our bodies, if you will. It's a process of theosis, as the Eastern Christians would say, what we call union with Christ in the West. This sounds very positive, but we must be honest and note the tail end of verse 17 of our epistle lesson. St. Paul notes that we are part of the family of God, heirs to the kingdom of Christ. That's great. Indeed, we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. The life of the Christian is bound to include suffering. And now you know why an honest t-shirt production company that is Christian is going to fail in its business. No one wants to buy the t-shirt that says, come suffer with us. This is why the calling of Christ to the world is often met with resistance because suffering is a part of the reality. And when we as Christians in the 20th century, particularly I remember the late 20th century, say, come on, come in. God's going to solve all your problems overnight. It's going to be a bed of roses. Don't worry. Jesus promises this easy life. No wonder people convert and then exit quickly because suddenly they realize it doesn't happen overnight. There's suffering involved. The suffering indeed comes in different degrees and kinds, but the rule seems to be quite clear that Christians will suffer on their journey to union with Christ. So let's summarize. The Christian life involves killing our old man or purging our sin, no easy feat, and it involves suffering. Why again do people join the church? Well, it's in that phrase from verse 13, you will live. It's also in the bit between the quotes I gave. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We all 
all of humankind, I would argue, desperately wants the spiritual connection to our Creator. The mystical union that the church has described throughout the centuries. We ought not to be surprised, given the reality of the creation and how God designed it, that people are willing to suffer for the connection to their Creator. That connection goes beyond the physical and mental and emotional. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He didn't say that you would never suffer nor that you will never have hard work. That's not the gospel. Jesus promises us, however, his peace, his joy, and his contentment. One more issue concerning our spiritual lives. Climbing up the mountain, called by some in English literature, the mountain weary all. One word, weary all. Hmm, wonder where that comes from. Our gospel lesson warns us right at the first, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. As we are about this suffering and hard work of amending our lives and shaping them into the shape of our Lord Jesus Christ, be aware that not everyone is exactly who they appear to be or say they are. There are many in the church in America today, yes, even leaders, who are out for their own glory, their own satisfaction, their own power and control. Let's be honest, quite often, that is our motivation, more often than we'd like to admit. That's the problem of that sin that we're supposed to purge. So be prepared to climb that mountain and to suffer. And sometimes, I felt a couple years ago climbing Lassen Peak, I was on the edge of a switch back and I looked down and I said I could throw myself over and I would not stop moving for about a thousand feet and that would just take care of it I'm so tired I'm so exhausted and spiritually we end up like that often and please remember that our culture is in an emergency status of suicidal ideation and actual suicide attempts people emotionally are just saying I'm just going to jump off I'm done I'm tired I can't do this anymore So be prepared to climb the mountain and to suffer. And remember to watch out for those who are not going to lead you to Christ at the summit, but rather will lead you to another path and will take you down the easy road. But it's not Jesus at the end of the road. For if we are faithful, which is oh so hard so much of the time of our lives, at least it is for me, If we are faithful, this climb of our spiritual lives, though difficult, will become in some ways a little easier, a little little less traumatic and stressful, just like that obnoxious young couple who ran by me, going very, very fast, as far as I could tell, as they had been doing this sort of thing much more than I have in the last 35 years, it was less traumatic for them. And less stressful. 
And so as we continue to grow in our spiritual lives, this spiritual climb will become a little easier as we are being led by Christ's Spirit and become habituated to following His lead all the time. Lean on the Holy Spirit within you on the way. Work hard at your spiritual life day by day, moment by moment, for Christ has called us to His rest for our souls. It's His promise. He didn't say no work. He didn't say no suffering but he promised peace, contentment, and joy that rest. Remember that we must, in that process, come to the table and find his grace to help in time of need. Remember that St. Paul tells us that in this way, in this often difficult and challenging life of work, my friends, you will live. Amen. Amen.